Welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. How are you doing? This is me, William, your host. I hope you are well. I do genuinely mean that. Have you got sunstroke? It's warm. Raining by the weekend. What are you going to do? Screw it. Tell you what, uh, this this is a, a great new evolution on the show. What we're going through at the moment is... Uh, a music Wednesday. Don't know what that means. I think it roughly means that every Wednesday we're getting, you're getting music, you're getting a new band coming your way. So this week is um, the Lovely Eggs. Speaking to Holly from the Lovely Eggs, awesome band. I, I came across these guys listening to um, Mark Riley's show on Six Music. Mark's got a great show. I love it. I know. I know anybody that listens to that show. Who listens to me is going to have a crossover effect. You're going to listen to some of the bands that I reference in my conversations with people and Mark's going to have played them. So I think this conversation I have with, with Holly is quite relevant. I think you're going to really enjoy it. We kind of go all over the place. I talk a little bit about my musical history, mainly about theirs, obviously, um, and where they're headed musically, where their inspiration's from. Um, I, I've got into their music via via Mark's show but listening to Longstem Carnations their new single it's a, f- a freaking tune that is oh my god I was like that. that's that's kind of reminding me of a lot of alternative great alternative bands and yeah just, uh, just uh, immediately got me so I was like see what they're up to and they were kind enough to Holly was kind enough to reply to my email so yeah this is going to be a really cool chat it's, it's a shorter one I think every Wednesday we'll just like try and get in there under the radar, under the hour mark if we can. I think next week it's going to be a band called the Corettes. I spoke with Flavia from that band, an amazing uh, two-piece band, uh, another two-piece band. So that's two two-piece bands. And I'm actually speaking with another band called Spielberg's coming up as well. So they're from, they're, they're from like Norway. And the Corets are from Denmark, going European, guys. We're going going fully European. After all, the roots of this show are fully loaded European, are they not? So, yeah, um, how, how have you been? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with my old head teacher. It was a weird one. I, I, I loved it, but it was a very strange one. I've, I've spent the past few days just thinking about... So look after yourselves. I'll see you on Sunday. And from Sydenham, from sunny, sunny Sydenham, Rosie and I bid you good evening. God, it's so great listening to your music, I've got to say. Um, I've been listening to like nonstop for about two weeks now. 
Um, I should I should say that I've been listening to you guys since like 2012, but that would be a fucking lie. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I just heard you guys on Six Music, and I've just been like so so into you since. Like, and I, I think that's obviously Mark Riley's doing, isn't it? He's such a legend, that guy. I know he's been really supportive. Actually, I don't know what we would have done without his support. We didn't we didn't know him or anything either before he's you know like before he liked our music. It's not like we were mates or anything. He just really liked us and he stuck with us. So he's a legend, that man. He's great. Yeah, yeah he is, man. I, I was th- I was I was just thinking about this uh, the other day. Like, where do you where can you remember where you were when John Peel passed away? Oh my god! Because I thought you guys would just be like totally match made in heaven yeah i don't know i can't i don't know i do not know i can't say i can remember david might if i if i asked him yeah yeah i mean it's like because i was gardening outside uh i'm a gardener that's my job and i was uh, in the middle of the countryside and i was do you know what man this was like when radio used to be okay i was listening to mark and lard uh funnily enough and um i was just like stopped and I was in quite a loss of shock uh, when that when hearing that on the news. Um, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I remember that and just feeling so sorry, not just for his yeah. family, but for music. Do you know? Yeah, it's it's survived though since, hasn't it? Because the six music has just been such a a unique, like saving grace for so many wonderful bands. I mean. Do you, do you have an affinity for Six Music? Is it like a... a yeah, I think it, yeah, I mean, I think it's a brilliant station. I mean, I listen to certain shows, like I really like, obviously, Mark Riley's show. I really like um, Iggy Pop's show. I think it's fab. Yeah. Iggy um, Pop. It makes, like, Iggy Pop and, 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 you know, like Mark Riley and, like, um, Gideon Co. They make me feel like I'm a teenager again in my bedroom. <laughs> because they play stuff I've never heard before. And, you know, especially Iggy Pop say, plays such a range of genres, you know. He'll play, mm. like, really mad jazz opuses and then he'll, you know, play some hip-hop or hardcore and he really mixes it up and I really love that. And it's just great, that discovery of music, which I think when you get older, it's not... You're not on that quest for dis- discovering music as much as you were when you were a teenager just because you've got so much shit to do do you know yeah oh god yeah absolutely totally and i think you've you've hit the nail on the head i didn't actually think about it like that at all the the what you know being a teenager again and listening listening to music like you're just it's uh electricity that you need to have in your body it's just bizarre isn't it and like um that's quite cool because that's exactly what i thought when i first listened to you guys i heard um i think you can go now or um uh carnations oh yeah yeah um, and i think it was probably you can go now actually because i remember just turning around doing the dishes turning around and and turning it up so like you know that does that happens quite a lot of mark Ryan's yeah. show i must say yeah i do that no i do that and i'm like oh i better be quiet and see who this is and then i can look them up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is great though because like in when i was growing up you had to write them down you know and then you had to like go to the record shop and then take a punt on whether the album was as good as the single they'd put out or whatever, do you know? Yeah, yeah, do you know what? That's so true, isn't it? Because 
I, I, I used to do exactly the same thing. And there was a moment of that, you know, definitely, especially if they were from the US, we'd have to spend like 18 quid on an album. Mm. I mean, you know, that's when HMV used to stop fucking everything. It was amazing. But um, God, I, I remember those days. It was a punt, wasn't it, I suppose. But what, like going going back to when you were a young younger person, um, childless, husbandless, where, where did... Um, I mean, I'm sure life was just terrible back then. Um, uh, what, what, what's that? Like, because it's like an obvious question, but I'm excited to to know what music stirred you. Like, what are you going on the on the on the righteous track? Oh, for me, there's like really two albums, I would say. Because I remember when I was a kid and I was really into music and I was having a birthday party and funnily enough, I asked my mum and dad to buy me some modern music because at home they only had like Simon and Garfunkel and like Don McLean and the Beatles and stuff. And I thought in the, you know, in the 80s, that was just, I really liked the music, but I knew it wasn't appropriate to, it wasn't cool to play, you know, like if I had a 10 year old birthday party. So they bought me now 10 which was hilarious and I hate I hated most of it actually I tolerated it I didn't like the music and I realized I was into like sort of more rock stuff so my mum got a tape from her mate and it had Queen on one side <laughs> and Appetite for Destruction on the other oh, yes. and it was weird because I felt like oh this music's a bit shit as well but um <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's more it had like that rebellious nature to it that I felt a bit drawn to. But really the first band was like Nirvana's Nevermind came out and it just totally changed me. I remember hearing that at youth club and I was just like, these blokes, these like boys were playing it on a tape deck over and over again. And I was just like, what the hell is that? Like, play it again, play it again, play it again. And then the other thing, sorry, go on. So I was just going to say, my first experience with Nirvana was um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" was how I'm um, holding a girl's hand for the first time to that song and that and that album. Uh, cha- yeah, it just stayed with me for that whole that summer. She totally <laughs> rejected me, but that's 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 good. That's what you need, right? Fine. Yeah, that's part that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. The aloneness, and then the second album was um, my friend Bridget, who was we were, I was in a band, an all girl band with when I was a teenager. Um, because the first thing you do is, you know, just like, I want to do that. And we, four of us were girls and we're like, we want to be in a punk rock band. And we did that. But she yeah. gave me a tape and she said, well, I'm not really keen on this. You know, you can have it if you want, which is really rare in those days. Because when you're 14 and you've got no money, you always don't give tapes away. You just record record on the other side of them, you know. Yeah. But she said, you can have it. And on one side was, um, uh, was um, the Buzzcocks. Buzzcocks album, and one side was um, Never Mind the Bollocks. And I just put Never Mind the Bollocks on in the school library, and I put the headphones on, and I heard the marching at the beginning of that album. And then it came in, and it literally, I just remember it completely blowing me away. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is actually it. Oh my God. And then, yeah, that, and it really, and ever since then, the I've quest been, yeah, is at an end. It. Yeah. So I think those are the two albums that really fired me up just to get into music or whatever, or that really made me think this is my, I don't know. Yeah, no, album. no, exactly. And it's interesting that you pointed out those two albums because I think there's an awful lot of people that go, oh, mainstream. Uh, well, not mainstream, but, you know, 
big fucking massive selling uh, albums that have good and bad like you know a bit of controversy and a lot of hype but fuck me you can't ignore the fact that they're amazing I actually got goosebumps when you started talking about hearing the buzzcocks for the first sorry the um, pistols for the first time um, because I think those moments are truly incredible I um have you seen the film Good Vibrations no I don't think I have no oh you are you are going to fucking love that film. It's like basically one of the greatest movies ever made. You, Oh my God, you're going to love it. And there's a moment, it's about, oh, I've forgotten his name now, um, a record store owner in Belfast at the height of the Troubles and he decides to open a record shop in fucking oh, maybe I have, Maybe I have seen it actually. Yeah, and because everyone like, it's good vibrations. They they think it's about the Beach Boys. Like mm. it's a stupid, stupid fucking name. For it. Anyway, but yeah, there's a moment when the producer he creates his own record label and takes brings the undertones into a studio to record um, Teenage Kicks, and it's that moment that he picks up um, the uh, Richard Dormer, the actor, picks up his headphones in the studio and hears it, and his oh my god, his face the expression, the wonder, the sheer wonder of that song, you know? It's such a moment. It's so fucking awesome. So, yeah, was it a guitar for you um, to start with? Uh, bass guitar, drums, violin? What did I play? Yeah, when you what when did, you were a kiddie. Like, just like a guitar, really. I just really wanted to play. And I wasn't asked about acoustic guitar at all. That really annoyed me because it was hard to play and it sounded shit. And I just wanted to sound like other people, like, you know, like you want to, if you're into bands and music, you want to play that bands and music that you like. And no one I like played acoustic guitar. So yeah, my, I got one of my cousin gave me his old acoustic guitar and I'm um, sorry, his old electric guitar. And then I got a little amp for Christmas when I was about 14 and I was off. That was yeah, me. Well, what were the first songs you were smashing out on that thing then? And I presume, I hope at least, they were bad, bad renditions of like the no, kids or something. They weren't covers at all. No, I didn't. Really? No, no, no. Well, partly because I wasn't good enough to play covers. Do you know, really? like I was literally learning the guitar, so I couldn't. So it was my own songs, and I was forming a band with three other of girls at school, and we just wanted to get out there really quick and play punk rock gigs, and so it was just like our own songs <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we could do really you know the quality of them is you know was probably pretty low at the time but yeah no we were just playing our own songs and we just wanted it loud and if you put something through a distortion pedal it just sounds great anyway so oh, too right and i still yeah. never played because now i don't really know any songs you know i couldn't really i mean i'm good at working songs out like if yeah. you said you know to work this one out I'd, I'd be able to work it out but I've no interest in it. It bores me playing other people's music, really. Yeah, yeah, no, no I completely take your point. I, I'm exactly the same. I, I didn't learn... My first song I learned on the guitar was um, Someday by uh, Steve Earle, which is a beautiful fucking song. But it's like three chords. But I, I just couldn't... I didn't see the point in it. I was like, I'm here... I, I don't know what it is. I always wanted to just write music, which is which is great. I, you know, never got anywhere with it. Well, you know, I had fun, plenty of fun with bands and stuff. And toured a little bit and recorded a little bit but never got anywhere but it was just um it was so but that, cool but I it's interesting you say that that whole thing that's really central to the lovely exethos is that thing of never getting anywhere and it, and we always had that when we first started the band of like you are there you know what i mean like you're not yeah. you're not trying to get anywhere and i think a lot of people 
have that attitude when they start a band, like they've got to get somewhere, which is the conventional roots of a record deal or on the radio or whatever. But they miss the best bits out, which is just rehearsing when you're fresh and you've got new songs and you're loving being in a band or playing to 20 of your mates. They're the yeah. best time. They're the best times, I think. And when you speak to bands, I've seen other bands interviewed, you know, quite big bands, and you say, well, when, when's your fa- favourite time being in the band? And it's never when they're playing the 20,000 capacity stadium. It's always when they're playing like a 50 capacity sold out show and it was the first one they ever did or whatever. Too so, so I think there's value, you know, there's no putting music on terms of monetary value is on a worthless scale to me, you know, and so that when when people say oh, I didn't get anywhere, it, it upsets me in a way because I think you, you got everywhere if you enjoyed it and it was fun. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. I didn't want to upset you, Holly. I don't, I don't want to bring you to tears. No, I mean, I'm no, the one that's no, had a no. fucking kidney stone today. So, you know, I'll be doing the... <laughs> I'll be doing the fucking cry. Thank you very much. But um, no, you're spot on, man. You're you know, spot on. You I, don't, don't... I, don't like, I don't like bands and pe- people who want to do their own music to feel like the fucking failures because on whose terms are you a failure? Do you know, yeah. you're a t- you aren't a failure if, if you're doing it in terms of like a big publishing deal and money, but that's everyone knows that's all bullshit and makes you miserable anyway. So yeah. you know, that's yeah, me I mean, getting on my anti-music industry soapbox yet again, but well... <sighs> No, 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 go for it. I mean, it's like, I, I, I feel the same way. I think it's also if you spend so much of your time focusing on that that record deal, that elusive, uh, ever-changing, ever-speeding um, record deal, if you're chasing it, you completely lose track of the music. Like I, I completely uh, associate with what you just said because... I have that in, in bands that I've been in. We, you know, I was trying to get uh, my, my band record deals and all, et cetera, et cetera, and we got like an A&R guy come to our gig once or um, a rehearsal and he was like yeah good you've got good, good, some, some good songs but they're not quite there yet and and your singer's not very you know not up to it it's not like he's not very good he just wasn't suited to the kind of music we were writing and um, and, and it just and we weren't concentrating we weren't we, we weren't concentrating on the music we were too fucking dicking around with the with the record label thing which is what is kind of cool now I know there's not any there's no money in the music industry now, but you can build an audience so so much quicker, you know, and, and have such a more intimate relationship with the music you release because you're completely in control of it via, you know, be it SoundCloud or what have you. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I fucking love that. But you, you, um, I sorry, I've gone off on a massive tangent with you here, yeah, but because we were trying to like talk a little bit about your teenage years which is so exciting because i think like when would have that been what sort of era was that the um early 90s wasn't it the uh nirvana yeah it was it was the uh, yeah mid 90s i suppose yeah because i I missed all that i was at fucking boarding school and i was like 13 14 years old i was like I mean, and, and also any heavy rock just freaked me out. Honestly, Guns N' Roses, I was like, oh my God, this is too much. This is too much. Really? Um, oh yeah, it's sad, isn't it? It's, it's so sad. I listen well, to them now funny, and go. It happened to me, it's a funny, because it happened to me with reading as well. Like when I was at school, I felt, thought reading was really boring because was, it was just like Jane Eyre and shit like that. And I was like, 
these books are just about posh people that I don't identify with. I've no, you know, like I can't identify with these people at all in this book and all the language is so outdated. And then I remember did, I did work experience with someone who's become one of my best friends now and they were a photographer at the local paper. <laughs> I, won't yeah. name, I won't name any names, but I went, we, I went around to his house in between jobs when we we're doing photography. And I was like, oh my God, you know, you're into Sonic Youth. Oh my God, you love this band. Oh, you're great. And I was looking at his books and I was like, oh, I don't read much. And he was like, I'll read this, but don't tell your mum and dad that I lent it you. And it was like American Psycho by oh, Brett Nellett. And I was like 14 and I read it and I was like, this is fucking, I had, you know, like I identified with the serial killer, you know. And then <laughs> yeah. Shortly afterwards, you know, I discovered like Bukowski and, you know, Dice Man, Luke Reinhardt and stuff like that. And I was like, fuck, this is amazing. Like books aren't boring. There's there are authors out there who you know are absolutely on my wavelength, writing fucking great stuff. This is amazing, yeah. and it's a bit like that, I suppose, when you discover stuff like you know punk rock or any genre that you identify with. You're just like shit. This is me now. I can get. This. I know. It's weird, isn't it? It really is weird because I know all music. You know, there's so many different genres of music that can grab you, but there aren't. I don't know. The ones that really speak to you early are the ones that will obviously have a deep, deep, like they'll run so deep into the core of who you are for the rest of your life. And you'll know, you'll feel like you know them personally. But I mean, it's so weird that it had to be punk. You know, what, why do you think that is? Like, it had to be that. Because I think I'm a bit of a rebel. Like, I think whatever decade I was born into, I would have that rebellious streak as a person. Yeah. I think that's why literature, you know, it's all sort of, I mean, I, w- I've, I really identified with a lot of the beat authors and beat poets. Okay, yeah. They were going against the grain, they were swimming upstream, do you know what I mean? And Definitely. I've always identified with that mindset because I've always felt like that. And I don't know why, but I always have. I felt like part of the freak massive. So, mm. you know, when you find that in music or you find that in art or you find that in literature you're just drawn to it yeah yeah and I love I love how that um it kind of really really easily what you just expressed there like really easily falls into your your current music you know it really it really does a very true form of that um it's kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek it's also fucking like in your face in a really awesome way and 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 I think the new stuff you're doing at the moment's actually got quite a lot of cool distant like uh, social commentary on that I know you have obviously done that through different ways like all your um careers but career but um it's it's just so it's so cool but you've been able to to do that and that's what i love about bands that are able to put their thought processes everything that they agree with in literature or what have you or what they see out on the street in their own lives and then effectively put it into a song without it making without it sounding like a fucking limp biscuit song yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I tell you what, I don't, I don't want to bring Limp Biscuit into it, but uh, it's clear, clearly you're massively influenced by them, aren't you, Holly? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, the, were you around when um, were you? Were you because like the early days, of the, the early noughties, um mm-hmm. I, I presume you were obviously. Were you? Was that Angelica? That the band that yeah. you were in? That's yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of bands around there, man. It was like the kind of really weird stage where Britpop had died, and then you had like the that 
kind of weird, horrible, what do you a new metal thing came along, right? Yeah, I was never into that though. God, I do you know what I was into it because it was, I was young. I was like eighteen, nineteen. And there was fuck all else to listen to. What like what were you doing when when all that horrible music was around? I listened to a lot of six nine, music from the sixties, a lot of sitar stuff and psychedelic stuff, which I'm still yeah. really heavily into now. And you know, there was there was some great bands. I don't know at that time, but there was like bands like Flaming Lips and Granddaddy and stuff were releasing stuff like that. And like bands like Clinic. I don't yeah. know whether I'm trying to think. God, I might be out by ten years here. No, no, but, no. You're right with yeah. Granddaddy. I'm Definitely. thinking about Granddaddy and like. Bands like The Makeup, I was a massive, massive fan of The Makeup, you know, and Nation of Ulysses and okay. stuff like that. So, um, and I was much more into hardcore, you know, like I got into the hardcore scene as well. Like, you know, like Nirvana was just the gateway. That was, yeah, like you say yeah. before, it was the mainstream, but it was just merely a gateway to show me this is a road to a whole alternative world. And that's all you need when you're 14. And then you just go down the little tiny woodland paths which is, you know, like hardcore and then, you know, weird stuff like Red Crayola, you know, I love, you know, I think, you know, Red Crayola is, you know, amazing, just really odd, weird cut up stuff. You know, William Burroughs is, is cut up audio stuff that he's done, you know, just freaky shit. Like, I really got into that. So, yeah, it didn't really interest me at all, that sort of, that sort of, what was it, metal New metal. It was it was, metal. Abomin- it was yeah. an abomination, my friend. It was quite popular in Lancaster, but not with me. Yeah, well, it, was, it was popular in Guildford, let me tell you, because I think it still is. But, Gil- <laughs> but Guildford hasn't hasn't really ever musically grown up, uh, sadly, and I, I I don't have any problem saying that. But you know, um, so like if we if we fast forward, because I know I, I I love to have spoken a little bit about Angelica, but it would be you know you've you've got one hell of a journey, man. You've you've really done it. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> dense dense a lot to talk about you know yeah. um it would be cool to focus on um the lovely eggs yeah what, when when did you guys come into like being we formed in 2006 i think it was yeah when i was living in paris at the time and angelica had split up two years prior to that and i'd not picked up a guitar for two years because I said I didn't want anything to do with music industry anymore. It was rotten. And it was... ended, ended well then. No, yeah, great. No, actually, funnily enough, I'm friends with all of the girls in the band like today, which is lovely. You know, it's really great that. But at the time, you know, yeah, we, we were we were fucked around massively. Um, it's really let's put it this way: it's really hard when you're getting no income from a record label, but the record label expect you to like go down to London and tour and all this. And but oh, you yeah. meant hold down, hold down shitty part-time jobs in local bars at the same time. It's that's a mm. lifestyle that's not sustainable. Mm. And I think it put a lot of strain on us. But so basically, I didn't want anything more to do with the industry. I said it was rotten. And then I was living and working in Paris, and David came over to stay with me. And then I, we just ended up one night as a laugh, just. I think he brought a guitar over and we just started playing it and we're like I was like oh my god I had almost like a little light came on in my brain and it went oh shit like you can do music and it doesn't have to be part of the industry at all you yeah. can do music on your own terms you can just stay out of all the business shit and all the managers 
you know, and all the horrible, you know, that the, you know, like, you know, like record companies making you feel oh, shit God, or, you know, rejecting your songs and all that shit and the A&R judging you. It's like, you know, like, actually, you can just step back and just say you're not being part of it. So that's what we did. Brilliant. And we formed a band and we toured and we did our first ever gig in New York because we wanted to. And yeah, we did about cool. five, or five, five gigs in New York, something like that. And then we came back. What venues? And they were like little little dive bars. A lot of them in the Lower East Side. A lot of them have can gone. You, can there. you can you can you name some? Because I'm pretty sure I would have been to a few of them. So there was the Lit Lounge. Yeah, totally fucking awesome. Totally different now, mind you. If it's still so there. We went to no, it's not. And oh, we went there you we go. Did pianos. Yeah. Um, and we we did another flat in like a house show in Brooklyn. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Then one somewhere else, but I can't remember the name of it. Did you did you do Shine or Sine or whatever the fuck it's called? No, no, oh, we didn't. That's so cool that you did that. We, my my old band and I, the, the um, wait for this band name, the DIY Cravings. All right. Um, <laughs> I think you would have liked us, actually. I'm not just saying that. I think some of our early stuff is, is vaguely reminiscent of what you guys are doing. But um, we we did that. We, we, were, we were doing a gig. Do you remember the Buffalo Bar in um, Islington? I do. Yeah, man, that's a that's a fucking venue. Was a ve- Gosh, is this past this past tense shit is getting me down. Um, but yeah, we we did a gig with a, with some guys, and they were like, "Hey, we we just come back from New York. Yeah, it was just so amazing. Oh my god!" And we were like, "What the fuck off? You yeah, like, you know just <laughs> yeah." So we just did it. We just went fuck it. We're gonna go to New York, and we went there, and it was a, a sh- it was a shit show. Like our the promoter that I contacted was a complete shyster, and he fucked us. But um, flew all the way over there and he didn't give us one gig which was very bizarre considering I'd lined them all up but there you go but those ve- those venues that you listed are so fantastic so what was it that like why New York were you just like because we want to yeah we wanted to and because all of our you know like all of the a lot of the bands that we loved so much like the Velvet Underground and stuff and Sonic Youth all came from New York and we were like yeah, we love it, and we love we'd visited before, and we're like, fuck it, that's why, you know, like it just made sense to us. We we we've made it up as we go along our band, and <laughs> we don't have a manager, we don't have a record label, we don't have a publishing deal. We book all our own tours, you know. We've slept on thousands of floors all across the UK and all across America, and yeah. we just we've just done it based because we want to have fun and just do music, and that yeah, is definitely. the currency of it. N- nothing more than that, and. And it's been brilliant. And I'm so, so glad. Like... Sorry, go on. Sorry. I'm just saying I'm just so glad we've done it this way. Because even if it ended tomorrow, I'd be like, we did it the right way. It was totally the right way to do it. Because we did, we, we've never had arguments. We always get on. You know, like, yeah, work is hard. But I tell you what, if you're pulling in the right direction, you're going towards some, doing something that you want to do, it makes it so much easier than, you know, when you're arguing and, you know, record managers are telling you to do this or record mm. labels are telling you to do that and you only well, make decisions because you want to do something it's brilliant dude i did yeah you know the and i think that comes from the experience that you had with angelica and the you know the um animosity that that all ended with it's pretty yeah it, it's a stark you get you get to know like if you really really want to do this music you you're either you're going to do it one way or the other, or you're, or you're not going to do it at all. You know, it's like I'm going to do it this way or not at all, and and that really comes through in in your music. It's fucking awesome. So like, what 
what really what I really love about that ethos is like if you tap into it, you can tap into like a a scene within America that's like coast to coast and it's all fucking DIY and all those bands are just tapped into each other and they're all helping each other out. It's so mm. cool. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a lucky thing to have. Although but, we don't um, on floors anymore. Like when we had a baby like seven years ago. Yeah. I stopped sleeping on people's floors because then because it was too random. You can't predict your environment when you start stopping on people's floors. You can't you can't say that someone's not going to wander in at three in the morning on mushrooms and start like screaming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You just can't predict it. And when you've got a child, you've got to kind of have an environment that you can predict. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, you're lying there with a yeah. You're lying there pregnant, and someone come, comes in and they're starting talking about spaceships and shit. You know, you're going to look at your 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 tummy and you're going to go, um, yeah, maybe maybe not. Yeah. Um, God, it was all when I was pregnant. Actually, it was it was more when I um, well, more when I, we had him. It was just like yeah, yeah. We've got to protect this thing from strange people. <laughs> 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 that's awesome when he got him which was funny when we got him I love that that is fucking brilliant I got him from our price eight, yeah. 899 um, can I yeah can I ask about that what was it like to be touring and was it four five months pregnant yeah I think I was six or seven okay um, wow it was brilliant it was it was fine I drunk Bex Blue the entire time so I, <laughs> the, the one and only sober tour I've ever ever done yeah. Fine, but I wouldn't like to repeat it. Yeah, <laughs> um, no. It was good, and you know, touring with him is brilliant. He loves it. We love having him. It's just like a big family. We all go on tour together, and we take a sound man, and our friend comes with us to babysit him. So it's just really good, you know. Like it's cool. It's just like it's just like that whole thing of like, do not tell me what I can and fucking cannot do. Do you know? Because if I can work hard enough to make it work, then I can bloody well do it. You know? <laughs> and it was hard. You know, we'd be going to bed, at getting in from the gig at like one, and then like our little lad would be crying in the night, so he'd be up a few times, you know, because he was pretty young. So he'd be up several times in the night, and then we'd he'd be up at like half past six for good, you know, to like... Yeah. Up now. <laughs> so yeah. It was tough, but we were like, fuck it, we're, we're hanging on for this ride. And if we're prepared to be this tired and work this hard, then there's no problem. And it was Brilliant. fine. Yeah, that is, that is fucking cool. I know the feeling. I, I'm not in a touring band, but I do have a 22-month-old. And right. um, uh, yeah, it's br- it's brutal. But it's like, so, yeah, it's truly amazing at the moment. Uh, it's just making her laugh, you know. It's it's the greatest thing in the world, I, and um, I can't can't get enough of it. It's a goddamn drug. <laughs> yeah, but when you um, when when your music was like first, when you were you and David, that's your hubby, were like bringing it together and the music. What you're doing your first gigs like in New York, whatever. What what was the like the reception like? How were how were people um, receiving it? Not you know fine. Absolutely fine, but just very, the audiences were very, they weren't very big. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, think the brilliant. biggest reception we got was good from Sidewalk Cafe in the East Village. And they have a, they had a night where you, you could go up and perform a few songs, you know, and 
so everyone was watching everyone else's band because they were waiting to go on stage and and i think we got a really good reception from there and we met like we met some good friends the band called swerve on that lived over there and we made friends with them and then a band called white hills who we're yeah. still really good friends with now and we we did our first gig with them they were on the bill and we just became friends with them we didn't know them before so yeah it was good but yeah, it's different. And now we're like headlining 1,500 capacity shows. And it's just, yeah. you, you, you kind of think, well, how the hell did it happen? And I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but I've enjoyed it. It's been good fun and I'll take yeah. it. You know? <laughs> how, how did this happen? I don't know. I don't know. Who gives, a, who gives a shit? But that's fucking awesome. That is so cool. That's so great. I love it. Because like, the, the the bands that you it, what's really weird is I I would have seen you guys I definitely would have seen you playing early noughties mid noughties with like bands like Art Brute and what have you oh um, yeah because you you toured with Art Brute right yeah 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 we did we toured Germany with them and I think we probably did a few shows in the UK with them as well yeah yeah they're they're like just seeing those guys live wowzers they they I I didn't know what the fuck I was watching when I first watched them I was like that drummer needs to fucking use his drum stool because this is not traditional. This no, is it's dis- brilliant. They're yeah, amazing. This- They're so, so good live. And you learn so much by touring with other bands, you know. Yeah. You learn so, so much. It, it's, and it, it's joyous to see this, the same band play the same songs every night, but each show is different, you know. That, that was great. Yeah, no, I mean, what, what was like that? The, can you remember what it's like the first reaction, awesome reaction with um, with, an, with an audience, with a crowd, like when it was like, yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I can remember touring. Um, I can't remember even when it was now, but touring and we had a, our, the last gig of our tour was in Manchester, at a place called Gulliver's. don't know if you know yeah. it. No, um, I don't know. No. And um, I don't know, it's about 150 capacity venue, I think. And yeah. we sold it, and we sold it out, and it was our first ever sold-out show. And I remember being like completely gobsmacked, thinking, "What the fuck?" You know, like there's going to be 150 people in this room watching us like at once. That's guaranteed. Oh my god! And like people were waiting outside the venue when we pulled up, and I just remember the show. It was absolutely rammed, and we started playing. Don't look at me. I don't like it. Yeah, which got this line about having a sausage roll thumb, and like yeah. loads of people have brought sausage rolls, and oh like God, that's brilliant. It started pogoing, and the sausage rolls were going everywhere, and people were pelting <laughs> at each other. I mean, we're vegetarians, so we were like, "This is yeah. absolutely meaning." But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it was good because it was like I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. And it's that, I suppose it's that feeling, do you know what I mean? Like just selling out a 150 capacity show. I just remember everything about it. And I just remember it being brilliant. I remember thinking that this is it. I've made it now. Like this, I don't want anything more. Like this oh, is brilliant. This is perfect. Yeah, it's right. that many people. So yeah. Well, that, that's, your for, that's your forever gig. I love it, man. That's a great moment. Um, so many though. A- I don't want to commit to that because there is so many, do you know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one definitely that I definitely remember and thinking, "Fuck, it's sold yeah. out." And now um, we sell out all the time, which is really great. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing like, you know, the early days. It's like when you have like 
few cans you know the first can is always the best isn't it yeah totally totally unless it's special brew but yeah no that's exactly what you mean that's so cool but literally like just if, final couple of minutes what um just to touch on the new album um yeah. uh, i'll just sound like an fm dj hey uh holly how are you feeling about uh the new album you know i think it's weird it's spooky because I think there's a lot of stuff on it that you, when you listen to the album now, you can see it in a whole new light. Yeah. I think we, you know, even the toilet roll on side B, if you, if you've got the album, if you've got the vinyl, sorry, there's yeah, like a yeah, yeah. toilet roll on the B side. <laughs> and like when, lock, you know, when, when people were fighting in the streets for toilet roll, you think shit, like we had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. We should have seen that coming. Happen. And, you know, it's all about, a lot of it's about isolation and loneliness and self-imposed, you know, isolation. And because that's how we feel both geographically living up in Lancaster was totally mm. disenfranchised from the rest of, for, well, basically we're disenfranchised from culture up here, essentially, yeah. you know, like, um, and that's fine, but it is like living on Mars. And then the way we operate our band is really very similar to that metaphor you know it's just like we're just totally out there on our own and no one's helping us and it's mm. and we're just off you know on that space voyage into the unknown so yeah and and i can't believe how well it's done do you know everyone seems to love it it yeah. was number one in the charts well the oh what was it number one in the independent album charts yeah brilliant which is mad you know yeah yeah, well, I mean, mate, you know, the, the Long Stem Carnations is fucking amazing. I, Thank you, you that's you, a new single. That's out on July the 10th. Oh, there we go, brilliant. Because, yeah, like, like I said, like you can go now, I heard that as the first one, but, you know, very, very, you know, just immediately arresting, very, very cool song. Um, Anthea Turner, you can go now, brilliant. Um, and, yeah, Long Stem, it just it stopped me. I like, I like um, heavy, thick distortion with uh, female-led kind of, sound kind of like a couldn't give a fuck but do give a fuck vocal which is a stupid thing to say but there you go i think it's just i'm obsessed with um breeders so yeah but thanks thanks so much for your time man it's it's so no, so welcome. sweet of you i hope you're feeling better yeah me too and i'll keep getting migraines as well so maybe i'm just falling apart maybe you know it's just once upon a time i was falling in love now i'm only falling apart man you know there you go. You need to start a band yeah <laughs> cool man well, look, look after yourself and, and um, in, enjoy the rest of your lockdown if you can thank you my love alright and, and hi to David from me I will do uh, alright mate thank you thank, thanks so much i